0: You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia.
1: Welcome to The Main Course. Our guest today is Nabil Almagir, who is the founder of uh, a very interesting technical company, but he started out in the restaurant industry like so many of us did um, you know, from the ground up and, uh, and that's kind of the story that he's going to tell. So um, would you just share a little bit about your history um, of starting in restaurants and, and what attracted you to the restaurant sector? Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me today. Uh,
0: I really appreciate it uh, for inviting me to share my story and share uh, Lunchbox's story uh you know my journey into food was one that i'm really proud of like when i look back Uh, i came to the country 15 years ago from kuwait and bangladesh uh i did not speak any english um you know i came here for high school and i'm learning english watching scorsese movies for for some reason right uh and as i'm picking up english one day i walked by this burger joint and um and i just you know i was just invited in for some reason to just draw drew me in and uh, my history teacher was the owner and operator of this burger joint. He stopped teaching and now he is running this burger joint, right? So super fascinating stuff, you know, and I'm just like, Hey, what are you doing here? And he said, uh, you know, I own this place. And I, you know, and he said, do you want a job? And I said, absolutely. And I never looked back. I stayed there for 10 years. And that burger joint was bear burger. We grew that to 50 locations across five countries. Uh, five countries and it's just been an amazing journey and i and i grew from busboy to uh, chief marketing officer uh and and oversaw marketing and technology so that was my introduction into food and and uh yeah that's that's how i fell in love with burgers and and the food
1: industry what was it about about the industry that has kept you um you know kept you in it and wanting to to work in the industry and and help improve the industry
0: you know that's a that's a great question, right? I, you know, if I look back and when I look back and I try to understand why I love the industry so much, it's it's a very it's a very entrepreneurial business. Being a restaurant owner, you know, even more so being a restaurant franchisee. Like if you go to a, a franchise conference, you know, the room is filled with people from all over the world. This is their first business. This is they either were had enough money to a down payment for a house or maybe start a restaurant you know and restaurants have become such a big part of the entrepreneurial journey here for immigrants you know i just it just felt like home it felt like a place i could grow and take my time growing and that's i think that's something that kept me into that space and it's also a it's a tough space too it's a constant battle it's a daily battle something is always breaking someone is always not showing up I think I just enjoyed the challenge and enjoyed the journey of how can we grow this one corner burger joint in Astoria and take it to Germany, Dubai and Japan. I think that that that, was, that journey was really fascinating to me where I could have been a huge part of the process and not a small cog, right? I think that I think that, that's why I stayed and that's why I, I will forever stay in the space.
1: You worked pretty much every job in a restaurant. Do you feel that that was a great training ground for what you're doing now?
0: Absolutely. You know, like I think the most important skill you can have as an as as a leader is empathy, right? Not just empathy for your own team, which I certainly do. Not just for empathy for our vendors, which we do because you know I'm a vendor now, and we know how restaurant people treat their vendors. Sometimes it's a tough business, it's thin margin. But also restaurant for uh, empathy for your customers, right? I understand who we're selling to. I understand the cost of doing business. I understand why they need discounts. I understand. You know, what are the problems they're trying to solve uh, more importantly i also understand the people who are impacted by our business right it's, it's a bus boy who is paying for college like i did it's you know a, a server who is going to school at night and wants to be a designer it's a lot of people that are being impacted uh, and not just the restaurant owner and that's why what's happening in COVID is you know heartbreaking and you know and i don't like to be heartbroken for too long so i get super motivated to build And so we're, we're very motivated to help. So, you know, working every job definitely helped us shape our view of, you know, what we need to build and what we can do for the restaurant industry.
1: One of the positions that you held there was the CMO. Marketing is a huge topic for restaurants. Um, What's some advice that you can give restaurants uh, to effectively market now?
0: Right. Absolutely. You know, most restaurants, Right now, let's say diamond doesn't exist. Uh, Most restaurants do 10, 15 percent direct ordering and 85 to 90 percent third party ordering, right? Grubhub, DoorDash, Overeats, And that's fine. Like there's a huge need for these companies to exist. But we want it to be 50-50, right? 50 percent direct, 50 percent third party. And the reason we want that is because you don't you really need your own engagement and own pathway to communicate with your guests because That's the only way you can go ahead and tell your story and talk about your specials and stand out versus on Grubhub and uh, marketplace as such, you are just one of many places they can go to eat. Right. And, and my advice is you just need to scream and shout and let your audience know what you're doing and you need to give them the ask, right? What is the ask like, Hey, order from us more or try to order from our website. And the research and the numbers show that they will listen, right? 76% of customers want to order directly from your site when you ask them to. So, you know, it's our responsibility as as restaurant owners to let them know. Uh, And and when you are tired of repeating it, that's when they will finally hear it. Right. So to have a consistent message in store via email, you know, constantly letting your customers know and telling your stories is something that's really important. And the second thing I'll say, and I'll leave it at that because I can talk about marketing forever, is that. If you are unsure about how to do marketing, just be yourself, right? Like if you, if you're an immigrant owner of a Greek diner, that's your story. You need to go ahead and, you know, tell that story. If you are, you know, if you are maybe a second generation, uh, re- restaurant owner, you want to go ahead and honor your grandma's recipe, go ahead and tell that story and tell that story every day. So, you know, just one of the things I, I always ask, uh, you know, uh, restaurant owners is please tell your story. It matters. It matters to your customers and why they come in and you need to go ahead and reinforce that idea. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll leave it at that. I can, but I can talk about marketing and restaurant marketing
1: forever. Um, so you had a really successful journey at Bear Burger. Um, why did you decide to leave and step out on your own?
0: I think two, I think two reasons. Uh, first one was it was getting comfortable. You know, uh, I, I am a son of a a cab driver and this is and the experience I had at bear burger was what my parents have dreamed for me and 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 that was it right that was a dream and everything was going well but the itch was back the itch to go back to the early days of bear burger the itch of starting something again was was crawling back in and I, I needed to go ahead and pay attention to it and I think the second reason and this one is really important uh, I Baberg is growing it's going to be 50 plus it will be be 200 units in a couple of years from now it will be a great concept that's not where I'm comfortable where I'm comfortable is uh, the you know r- smaller restaurants and uh, helping them and letting them go ahead and be better at marketing storytelling and technology so you know I remember cutting a a you know Baberger was cutting you know a multi-million dollar check in 2018 to Grubhub and I was just like, that's such a huge like that. It was a equivalent of opening eight bear burgers. That's the that's the fee we gave grub up that year. And I said, that just doesn't make sense. And we have we had a better rate because we were larger. But SMB is like, you know, if you have one or two restaurants, you're paying the full 30 percent and we just did not think that made sense. And I called my co-founder from Johnson and Johnson. And I told him, I'm like, hey, he, he by the way, built the seven minute workout app uh which received millions of downloads especially much more during covid i called them and i was like hey do you want to go and you know and and we're very mission driven do you want to go save the restaurant industry because it there certainly needs saving and this is pre covid we didn't know that digital sales would be so important and we said do you want to go and build products to help restaurants of all sizes and give them what mcdonald's has and give them what panera has and he said let's do it and you know and in 30 days we started the company and we've never looked back and we're so proud of the some of the small milestones we've had so far there's such a long way to go but this is what we love doing you know you know helping restaurants of all sizes uh smaller bigger and we're just really excited to go and do our part and giving back so you know both of those reasons you know just made sense at the same time which was last year in february and that's how lunchbox was built
1: so I guess give me the, like the bullet point definition of who Lunchbox is and what you do and I guess kind of what problems you solve for a restaurant.
0: Yeah, you know, think about your favorite restaurants. Uh, the bigger ones, you know, again, I'll go back to McDonald's, Manera, the big systems that have, you know, millions if not billions of dollars, right? Let's go back to those chains. They are all doing curbside pickup today, right? They all have an app, they all have their own web ordering they have a loyalty system that knows and knows how to engage with the customers. And they also have a lot of intelligent software in the background that knows how to invite customers back. We looked at that and we said, how much does that cost? And we, we did the numbers and we said, oh, wow, that's really expensive, right? Even bear burger, we couldn't afford it. So my mission was to go ahead and you know start that for a monthly SaaS fee, a monthly, small monthly fee, a couple of hundred bucks, maybe a hundred, two hundred bucks and go ahead and give that to everyone. And you can go online very quickly in a month you don't need to wait a year or two years to build out the system right Uh, but it will be as custom as anything else out there and it will go ahead and be on your website it'll look like your website feel like your website feel like your brand and you go ahead and use this technology to empower yourself to go ahead and engage with your customers so that's why that those are the those are the tools we've built Uh, and who uses them anyone from you know any restaurant out there, any type of restaurant out there, you know, you can be fast, casual, you can be a full sit down restaurant. We have tools for them as well. And you can have the technology McDonald's previously had and very quickly. Right. And just, you know, just to give you a fun fact, like, you know, the, the group from Panera, uh, who's, you know, Ron Shakes group, which is act three, you know, they have looked into us and they sent us an offer a letter to, you know, buy us uh, when we we're, when were just nine months in. You know, and so, and we love those people. We love what they've built. We love the technology Panera has, but that doesn't fit our mission. Our mission is to help everyone. So we want to see this through. We want to be the shepherd of this product.
1: Who are some of your clients and that are working with you right now? Yeah. Some of the brands maybe.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have, we've all, we have national clients. We have local clients. I'll tell you some national ones uh, we have that we're really excited about. We have Clean Juice, which is one of the fastest growing QSRs right now in the country. Uh, We're in 22 states total. We have a bunch of, you know, regional chains like Wings Over, like Bear Burger. You know, Uh, we have uh, a, a great group of cloud kitchen concepts that don't have a single storefront on the West Coast called Hello Salted. They were just recently on the Shark Tank. If you guys have time to watch that video, please do. Really a lot of fun. We also have like some of the best regional uh, chains, like, uh, if you're in New York, uh, Takumbi, you know, David Chang's Fuku, uh, Zaro's bakery, which is a hundred year old bakery, uh, that, uh, we've taken digital, uh, and we're super excited about. So, you, you know, the, the range is absolutely incredible and we're really proud of it and really excited, uh, in terms of the caliber of brands we're working with and the stories they want to tell. Uh, but yeah, those are some of our clients that we're really excited to work with.
1: So delivery was a hot topic before COVID and yeah. you know, now that we're, we're in it, you know, we've seen the importance of delivery and having everything ramped up. Um, how, how do you see delivery, the delivery sector moving forward now?
0: Yeah. So in terms of delivery, a couple of changes will happen, right? And we, we, we're, work, we're seeing some of these changes already. A lot of our restaurants, around 20% of them, are starting virtual kitchens, right? And virtual kitchens, we think, are absolutely beautiful. Because we think they're beautiful because anyone can start them, you know? Uh, Opening a restaurant is very expensive. A brick and mortar is really expensive. You can now get a location on the third floor, no, no storefront, in the middle of nowhere, bad neighborhood, and still deliver a great product from a great kitchen. And no one has to know right so we're really excited about that and we're really excited about that because we can uh, power those uh, two Kitchens even quicker. I just mentioned earlier. Hello. uh, Hello salted, which is, you know, I would say six different virtual brands all over LA that we are already helping uh, Scale and we're really excited about that. So uh, we think, you know, there's already around 100,000 virtual kitchens in the country. We think uh, the it will be a one to one ratio uh, in terms of diamond versus virtual and by the year twenty, uh, thirty, right so not too long away from now in ten years we think they will be even and the, and the reason for that is you can go ahead and test more concepts and test them in a more agile way right so we think delivery is going to only be on up and up because there's two types of format right I just think about just how you and I eat you know when we go out to eat, maybe we're you know th- that's a different setting and a setup that we're doing it for, uh, and we dress differently versus when we order food for a dining. It's not usually the same food. It's a different type of food. It was designed to be consumed differently, and we think the industry will. I think a lot of uh, products will start being uh, being uh, a lot of brands will start in the virtual concepts to go ahead and be created just to be delivered, and we're just excited to go ahead and help all those brands out. You know, like. For example, my mom would never open a restaurant. She's one of the best cooks I know, but she could start a virtual one, test it out really quickly and see if there's any appetite for it before she opens her brick and mortar. Right? So that's a big prediction. We think that will happen in the off premise, uh, space.
1: So there really is more opportunity for, uh, brands to grow and, and kind of, uh, have a virtual kitchen as, uh, the test kitchen and a feeder of up and coming brands. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also just so much,
0: there's so much negativity that's happening, right? There's so many things that are not going well because of COVID. There has to be some positive positivity that comes out of it. So we're just trying to stay hyper-focused and see who are the people who will, you know, come out of this, that will
1: need our help. Do you think that now that restaurants are using technology and seeing how technology can help them, for example, a small coffee, coffee shop is using a QR code menu now because they have to. Um, but six months ago, they still, you know, they had their, the one that they handed out for years. Do you think that's going to make restaurants now look to technology and kind of become early adapters? Absolutely. You know, we were
0: promised flying cars, right? We were promised flying cars by 2020, um, and we didn't get them right. And the reason for that, and I'll take that metaphor and bring it back to food, is because, you know, it works. Why reinvent it, right? Why reinvent it if we don't have to, right? And we think that food and restaurant industry experience that lag more than other spaces. And and we think that this is going to be a positive that accelerates growth, certainly. And one example I'll give you, you already mentioned QR codes. One, of, one example I'll give you is, you know, actual, a physical kiosk, right? A kiosk you walk up to, press on the screen, a giant screen, and you pick up your food and you sit down at the table and you eat the food and you walk out, right? There was never any necess- necessity for kiosk. You're, we already have a kiosk. All of us have one in our pocket, right? Why don't we take our phone out, order from the table, the food comes to the table, it's super contactless, eat the food, because payments were, were completed on the phone and you walk out right every table has a table number so that's what we're doing by the way for all our customers now we're offering that for free for all our customers but but again this that's just the next step of kiosk right if kiosk took place and did very well for 20 years we would move to pocket kiosk after that what covid is doing is forcing us all to rethink and reimagine the future we want to build and we certainly want to take advantage of it because we want to go ahead and you know Teach restaurants. Hey, you don't have to buy these hardwares. They're all $3,000 each. Just let people use their own phones in their pocket. They paid for it already. Right. So we're trying to go ahead and see how we can build a world where not only we will not let COVID uh, destroy us the way it did again uh, by, you know, building better hardware, building better system and being more dependent on delivery and not just dining, in. Right. Restaurants will never just think about dining in business. They'll always be like, hey, let's go and have 30% or 50% delivery business. It's just sound business. It's just diversification of your portfolio if you're an investor. We're just you know, emulating the exact same thing here. So we certainly think so.
1: One of the things you just touched on, particularly with QR codes, um, is guest comfort. Um, I know if I'm in a restaurant and, and I'm just looking on my own personal phone, I definitely feel a lot more comfortable than if I'm touching something that I don't know who else has touched. Um, what are some other things that you feel, um, restaurants need to put in place to make guests feel comfortable again?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things we're doing is uh, with university of Denver, we are delivering food via, uh, uh robots, via drones. So what happens with the drones is uh, instead of a delivery driver coming to you, the drone comes to you, you put the food in the drone, and the drone delivers the food to the student on campus. Uh, We think that is super contactless. uh, And that is also something that will be easier in the winter in terms of uh, getting the food delivered. So that's something we're working on that we're very excited about uh, to test with uh, University of Denver. Uh, But I think innovation can happen uh, at a smaller scale as well. I think, the way food is created and the way packaging is designed needs to evolve and be delivery first, off premise first. So these are some of the things that brands will now imagine before they go ahead and start a concept. And also as an investor, like if I was a you know private equity fund, and private equity is what flows mostly into uh, into restaurant groups, especially the ones that we're talking about, less than hundred. I would also you know want the brand to have some. Uh, delivery presence before I go and, you know, invest in them, right? So I think everyone is going to go ahead and reimagine uh, delivery and off-premise business. And I think it will be a much bigger part of the conversation than it is today.
1: One of the things you discussed uh, a little bit earlier, um, you know, was the use of digital um, and uh, and kind of having access to the data and using that data to be responsive to the guest needs. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, when working with a third party, um, you know, the restaurants are kind of giving up that access to that data. Um, how important um, do you feel that the, you know, the holding on to that information is to the success of, of the restaurant? You're
0: talking about the data, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like, you know, you know, when I told you, like, hey,
0: why we started this company, I'll go deeper into that into that uh, question, which is when we started to uh, a month before we announced we we're going to start Launchbox, Shake Shack started working with Grubhub and and in that deal, Grubhub was sharing information and data back with Shake Shack, right? But Grubhub doesn't share data with anyone else, right? So we thought that was really unfair. So the, the bigger you are, the more access you have to data, but it's the smaller restaurants who really need that access? That need to go ahead and engage with their own customers, speak to them directly, ask them to come back directly. Those are all the things that was missing from that announcement that Grubhub and Shake Shack made. And we were super disappointed in that. You know, we were disappointed directly as a burger joint that you know competes against Shake Shack, healthy competition. And we were also disappointed as uh, restaurant people which, because it was just tale of two cities, right? There was two cl- different classes. If you were a young brand. Or if you were, you know, Grubhub, you can go ahead and play. But if you were not, then, uh, you know, you'd have to go ahead and not collect any data. And and the problem with that is Grubhub was always designed to be a discovery channel, uh, a place where you can meet new customers and try to win them over. Uh, and the understanding was we'll win them over for for in and dinner. But in a, in the COVID world, there is no dinner experience or a dining experience. So what's left is a direct channel and. Because we think it's unfair, and to your answer, the question is super important. We've built technology that converts their sales to first party sales. First party is what comes in from your website, so we can see from a hundred guests that come in from Grubhub, we can match sixty of them and find them on Facebook. So those are the tools we're building to respond to them. Uh, but we certainly think it is super crucial. Uh, in a COVID and in a non-COVID world for restaurants to uh, get the data from Grubhub and engage with their customers directly.
1: Well, particularly, if we go back to talking about marketing, um, you know, you you can target them directly on on something like Facebook or any other social media forum that'll come out. Um, As we know, they they keep coming out Um, and, uh, you know, and reach them and also know them. And then the other issues that, you know, having access to the data um allows you to you know kind of predict um food ordering all you know and even down to to food waste and helping in all of those kind of issues um that when you have access to that information it just gives you uh, you know yeah. a more uh, bountiful uh access that you can be successful
0: Absolutely absolutely and and we we certainly think that the best way to do it is for there to be a marketplace that exists, and we hope not to make it because marketplaces are tough. but for a marketplace to exist that is a, a is crowdfunded, that is every, all all the restaurants that are on this marketplace, they all uh, put in one percent as a fee uh, as a as a upkeeping fee, and that fee is used to build this marketplace where all restaurants coexist. And all the restaurants will go ahead and share. The 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 system will share data with the restaurants of who's coming in for their site. So if someone came to restaurant A, restaurant A would receive their data back, not from restaurant B, right? So a network effect, but that is done correctly, is something we think is super exciting. And if someone doesn't build it, I think we will. I think we we might just have to, uh, Barbara.
1: So where do you see Lunchbox going in the near future and in the vote in the, you know, where is the, what's the one year picture and what's the five year picture?
0: The one year picture is we are, um, uh, we're, 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 helping all the restaurants we can, uh, and we're helping them with a couple of different things. We're helping them with pocket kiosks that is necessary during COVID curbside pickup, uh, and just re-engagement and building more tools for restaurants, especially the ones that are not marketing savvy on how do you launch a Facebook ad very quickly? without knowing anything about facebook and without having to leave our uh, our dashboard right so those are the things we're building that will help our restaurants learn more about engagement and growth and marketing we're gamifying it and making it really simple so it becomes part of your just lunchbox experience you can go and say increase sales start campaign one and autom- our our system automatically will do that right automatically will work with Facebook and launch those campaigns. So that's the one year picture, the company that doesn't help you just with online ordering, but helps you to get to know your customers more. And the five year uh, vision for lunchbox is we want to go ahead and help everyone get everything in one hour, right? So Amazon, you know, Amazon created some habits where if you don't get your things in two two days now, you're kind of upset. You're like, why would it take longer? I thought I could get it in two days. Right? Amazon has created a tectonic shift that said, we'll get you your things in two hour uh, to two days. We want to do the same. But in one hour, we want to get you not only your food in one hour, but your pharmaceutical products, you know, maybe uh, uh, a bottle of wine from your closest uh, winery. Maybe also, we can go and do retail, right? The fact that you order something on, let's say you order something on asos or nordstrom wherever you shop and it takes two days certainly makes sense sometimes but doesn't always have to if the nordstrom is an hour away right that where you can do a pickup you can if you can do a store pickup you can do a delivery from that store so we want to go ahead and be the company that helps everyone do one hour delivery
1: about the restaurant industry how do you see it evolving um over the next next, uh, I mean, I don't even want to say five years because who knows. Um, but let's say, let's say into the next year, you know, as we're kind of in this, you know, we'll still be in this recovery process.
0: Yeah. A couple of them I've mentioned earlier, which is, uh, have a delivery first mindset, uh, delivery, first menu, uh, packaging that travels better, uh, restaurant layout that helps people go ahead and do more pickup, right. Uh, the more Netflix is better, the more people are going to eat from home because they want to catch their favorite movie while they grab their food. So that's one part of it. I think the second part is going to be uh, uh, how you staff your restaurant is not going to be as easy when this is over. Uh, I think all, you know the restaurant industry was treated very poorly uh, during, you know, during the shutdown. Uh, they did not get all the help they needed and the people who really were uh harmed by it were the staff you know the waiters the busboys the the staff members they did not get what they needed uh the help they needed and they left some of them went back home some of them have left the industry for good some of them are burned by the industry and they want you know they want to go ahead and make that next career change where they're not not so dependent on if the restaurant is open or not right Uh, And we think staffing will be a huge issue when the world gets back to normal, whatever that means. Uh, And more technology will play a big part in helping restaurants get back to normal, ordering at the table, uh, paying very quickly, not touching hardware. Those are all things that will play a big part as we adjust to a world where labor is going to be potentially limited, at least quality uh, uh, staff members who can go ahead and actually sell your product, right? Uh, we certainly think that's going to be a big issue, and and the third is, uh, how do you go ahead and you know uh, go ahead and expand beyond who you are, right? For example, we work with uh, Black Tap, and Black Tap is a sit-down restaurant. They are going to test out a version where it's not a sit-down version; it travels faster. So we think everyone is going to get a little bit faster in their product. Right, If you have a bigger patty, it might get a little bit smaller so you can cook better and faster, so it can travel better. So I think uh, Q- QSRs and fast casuals are something that certainly has been always a trend, but I think more and more sit-down restaurants will move towards that or partially that. Maybe on at nights they are sit-down, maybe during lunch they are fast casual. So the hybrid models are something that we think we will see on the rise that will help restaurants not put all their eggs in one basket.
1: You're pretty hopeful kind of person talking to you, you're, you're very, uh, entrepreneurial and, and enthusiastic about the future. So what is it that gives you hope? Um, you know, when things are challenging right now, um, you know, in moving forward, what, what gives you hope?
0: Uh, this super simple this is restaurant people. They are, they're crazy. They're absolutely nuts. They can get through anything. Opening a restaurant is crazy, right? Opening a restaurant, putting all your money into this place, hoping it will work, not knowing much about it. Like that's the that, those are all the successful restaurant tours I know, right? They are gritty people. They have such great spirits. Uh, they are filled with tattoos. They are filled with hope, and they just know how to make it work. And uh, and you know, I interact with them on a daily basis, and that's been a huge blessing of my life. And and you know, if there's anything I can bet on, is that you know, these people will figure it out. They will figure it out, but we shouldn't just let them do it on their own. Tech community needs to go ahead and help and assist, and we will, and I hope Lunchbox will lead that uh, lead that way, but there's certainly so many other companies also helping. And yeah, these are the best people. These are the most entrepreneurial people. They can solve any problem in the world. Uh, we're just lucky they're helping us feed the world.
1: You know, I I always like people who are, uh, you know, see problems and, and find solutions. You know, and, and you know, I, I remember a couple of years ago talking to somebody who was like you and he was working in his dad's restaurant and and his father was doing inventory by hand. And he's like, why are you doing this? I can just create some kind of, and he created an app to help his father do inventory. And then that led to a whole business, you know? So it's, you know, those kind of things where it's, you know, the innovation and, and seeing what we can do and, and that it helps people, you know?